Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Lightning Round Podcast with your hosts, Garrett Sisti and Jamie Hoyle. Go Chargers, go! What's up, everybody? Welcome to After Hours, Jamie. You just got done watching it. How excited are you right now? I'm pretty pumped. That The end of that game, I mean, the whole game was crazy, but the, the end of that game was... Bananas. It, it was bananas, but <laughs> it was exactly what we've been waiting. We, we spent, what, eight years waiting for Mike McCoy and Anthony Lynn to do, go out and win a game. Mm-hmm. And they didn't leave anything to chance. They pushed the ball down the field. They got the win they needed. They took the chances they needed to. They put the ball in their quarterback's hands. They didn't try to run the clock out and play chicken shit football. Uh, <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. No, it was amazing. Brandon, talking about Herbert, man, he was so good today there's man there's so much to get into uh, man where do we, first of all cheers to you jamie i'm glad you were able to watch it everybody else watching appreciate you guys welcome to after hours this is going to be so much let's fun. start with a drink yes please it was a good day today chargers win both my kids had good softball games <laughs> everything was good all the way around <laughs> Nicklet, man, I wish we could play our, there wasn't any copyright on YouTube and they wouldn't take this down right away. We would absolutely play our theme song because the Chargers are alive. What a, man, there's so much to get into. I guess, um, you want to start off with the four turnovers? Because that was amazing. We got the Asante Samuel diving pick interception. I mean, laid out for it. Amazing. Devon Campbell poking the ball out twice, once against Tyreek Hill, the other against Edwards Hilaire, Michael Davis picking it up. And then how big was that Aloha Gilman interception at the end of that game? There's a lot that unfolded, but that interception swung that entire game, and none of us are talking about it enough. Yeah, I mean, that <clears throat> that defense, they gave up a lot of yards. They gave up some points. They bent a lot. But when they needed to, they held up and they got the turnovers they needed to kill drives. And, you know, they're not dominant. They're not overwhelming with the pass rush. They're not stopping the run. The secondary is playing really well. But really what they are is opportunistic. They're they're not waiting around to get lucky. They're not waiting around for, for you know, the offense to do everything. They're making their own luck. 
They're forcing turnovers. The, the fumbles were clearly a coaching point this week. They were going after the ball anytime somebody was running with the ball um, in the open field. They were looking to punch it out, pop it out with their shoulder, what have you. And, I mean, the two picks, the, the Asante Samuel pick was ridiculous. I mean, it seemed like he covered 10 yards in the air after he left his feet just to get there to catch it. Um, just absolutely incredible. The the way that they came together, the way that they forced those turnovers to give the the defense, the offense short fields, excuse me, and continue to give the offense chances to climb back into the game and make the plays they needed to make. I mean, what more can you ask for? That yeah, that's exactly what you look for out of a Brandon Staley defense. Yeah, what's up, Oscar? Costa Rica, good to see you. Uh, no big plays again this week. Also, someone wanted to point out there was no play over thirty yards today. The largest play from scrimmage was 28 yards. It was a 28-yard pass to Travis Kelsey. We saw in week one, the longest pass of the day was to Terry McLaurin, catched on the sideline. Week two, CeeDee Lamb got 34 yards as well, but that was on the right before halftime where they kind of conceded yards to not give up the touchdown. So longest play of the year has been 34 yards. So the defense is completely, the secondary in particular, has kept the top on the defense. No big splash plays. And you look at that potent offense and how great they've been for so long. They didn't let Tyreek Hill beat them, which was a big sticking point in their game plan. They didn't let Tyreek Hill burn them at all today, which was awesome. And, the, and they let, you know, Travis Kelsey got, got some of his, but they tried to make somebody else beat them. And they, they just, in the end, they couldn't. Yeah, they... They shut that. They've been having some success for the last couple of years shutting down Hill. Um, I was expecting a lot more of Derwin James on Travis Kelsey. Didn't see that as much as I thought. There was some um, Adderley on Travis Kelsey. It looked like there was a lot of Kaiser White on, Tra on Travis Kelsey. Uh, they were mixing it up a lot more than I thought they would. And they mm -hmm. gave up some yards in the middle of the field, but they were able to buckle down when they needed to. Yeah. Oh. Yes, absolutely. So there's a couple things people want to talk about. Uh, first of all, how are you feeling? Is Mikey Sports question? Amazing, right? I feel amazing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm asking you. <laughs> I'm not talking to Mikey. You feel good? <laughs> I feel great. I mean, yeah. like I said, Chargers won. My girls had a great day on the softball field. Chargers are tied for second place in the division. They're ahead of the Chiefs. Who would have thought that at this point of the season? And uh looks like the arrow is pointing up. They still have some things to clean up, but man. They're that... third in the division, aren't they? Raiders and Broncos both won today. Oh, you're right. I was thinking. Yeah, of... yeah. Yep, you're but right. Still, yeah, they got the Raiders Monday night. And the Broncos have played a team for a combined uh, zero and nine. They've played winless teams in their first three games. Uh, Craig Smith's got something for us. Tranquil White at inside linebacker K9 at the edge rotation, please. And thanks. Yeah, buddy. Uh, we agree. Yeah. Uh, getting K9 on the edge would be nice since the pass rush isn't quite up to par, but, uh, man, tranquil and limit. He got a much bigger role today and he popped a lot. Yeah. He gets on the field and he makes plays. That's all he does. He's coming downhill. He reads things much more quickly than, than, uh, Kenneth Murray does. He's a much more sound tackler and he's better in coverage. So having him on the field with, with uh, Kaiser white gives them a lot more options defensively. It makes them a lot more uh, well-rounded, a lot more versatile with their linebacking core. Murray just, unfortunately, isn't getting it done. So they need to make some changes. And, you know, we talked about Murray moving into that edge rotation the second they hired Brandon Staley. Yeah, It's something we talked about even when they drafted him. He is not a read-and-react linebacker. He's not somebody who should be playing middle linebacker. He should be on the edge. He should be allowed to attack. He's just really out of sorts. He's playing out of position, and it's just not working. So they yeah. need to figure out a way to get more out of him. Yes, we agree. More tranquil. Absolutely. Uh, I didn't see this. Alistair Shaw, you guys noticed Staley referring to Tavon Campbell as Trayvon with an R. Found it odd. Such a detail-focused coach. Yeah, getting your your uh, corner's first name wrong, not a good look. Yeah. It's fine, but, you know, not great. Not great. Yeah. <laughs> You'd expect him to know everybody's name for a relationship-oriented guy. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, with the, as much as he's focused on being close to everybody, yeah, you think you'd know Tavon. Uh, Jay Sibrian, Sibrian brings on a pretty good point, which we talked about. I, I wanted to talk about today. Storm Norton, I don't know if he did well, but I will tell you he was boring in the absolute best way possible. 
He went, in, went he went against Chris Jones a lot today. And when I saw that matchup, when it started, I was very scared, but he did his best. And there wasn't a ton of pressure on Herbert today. The offensive line did good as a whole, as a unit and storm Norton, not giving up a ton of pressures like last week and uh, did it. He, he held up nicely. Yeah. You just didn't see busted play after busted play after busted play with Norton seemed like he was doing a better job of getting and sustaining his blocks, keeping his men in front of him and just keeping guys from getting into the backfield. So he played much better. Still not somebody I'm super comfortable with over the long haul at right tackle, but uh, nobody is. <coughs> nobody is. But still, I mean, gotta commend him for his performance today. Big improvement over the last week plus for sure. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh let's see. Somebody wanted to oh, so Staley. Gotta get into this. What were your reactions when you saw Staley stick to going for it on fourth after the penalty? I assume he's talking about the last play. Where it was, what was it? Was it? Uh, it was fourth, fourth and nine and from nine. the thirty-five. It started as fourth and four, though, right? And then it was fourth and four from the thirty-one. Yeah, and they got the penalty or the thirty. Yeah, and they got the penalty. And it was, and fourth, it was and nine. fourth and nine from the thirty-five. I think. I mean, big Opted credit for having 40, uh, 48 yard field goal. Could have taken the field goal. Went. For yeah, it. I mean, I, I give him huge credit for having the sack to go for it there. Uh, a lot of coaches, probably most coaches, would have just kicked the field goal and let the defense try to win it. But he wanted to put seven on the board because he knew he couldn't rely. Well, first of all, he knew he couldn't rely on the kicker. And second of all, he didn't want to give um, Mahomes the ball back with three minutes left on the clock. So they had to go for it. They had to burn more clock. They had to score points. Um, so I didn't think he had much of a choice, but I still loved it just because you got to go in there and take it from the chiefs, especially in arrowhead. You have to take it from him. And he, it looked to me watching it on television, you know, after I got back from the softball games, looked to me like Herbert was trying to talk him into going for it. They were having a conversation on the sideline and they were kind of going back and forth. And I really thought Herbert talked him into it. So to put the ball in Herbert's hands in that situation, let him read the defense and make the play was huge. Um, and it worked. I mean, they got the they got the PI. They were able to keep the ball, go down and score points. Uh, just it's just so opposite of what we're used to. You know, both McCoy and Lynn would have kicked the field goal there, hundred oh, percent. You kidding? Yeah. Probably gets blocked and run back for a touchdown <laughs> or something crazy like that. You lose in that kind of fashion. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that's a game they one hundred and ten percent lose. 10 out of 10 times with McCoy and Lynn quote unquote managing the game for the final four minutes. Um, but and, Staley managed it perfectly. Yeah. And so even, you know, King James, part of that decision, there were winds up to 20 miles per hour. I don't care if it's 20 miles per hour at his back going into the, into the uprights. I, I would have absolutely gone for it. Like Staley Staley, the balls on this man today was just outstanding. The, you know, after the first mixed extra point going for two early in the game, huge. The uh, There was another time in the game, third quarter, they could have taken the field goal, went for it on fourth down, got it, was successful, eventually led to a, a touchdown later in that drive. The opting not to go for a field goal to tie the game, to go for the win, amazing. There was that other fourth down play where, unfortunately, they got the illegal shift again, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a second. They got the illegal shift. They got it with Keenan, but the penalty negated it and they had to punt it. But again, going for it on fourth down, he is going to go for it. And you could see every time he's going over it in his head, there was one time where there's a fourth and two and they shot to Staley on the sideline and him mouthing fourth and two, hearing in his headset what the, you could tell there was some kind of conversation about like the odds, the analytics. There was a, a conversation about whether or not he should go for this. And it, I just love this analytics driven coach, this coach that wants to win ball games and not play conservative and a guy that believes in his offense and wants to put the ball in Herbert's hands, which he talked about in the Prince conference after the game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I mean, what more can you say about him? He, you know, playing the numbers, trying to win the game, taking shots down the field, um, not not being content to kick a field goal to take a three point lead, and give the Chiefs a chance to win the game with a touchdown. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Garrett's a big fan of Staley's yeah. tremendous balls. <laughs> True. Thank you, Evan. Absolutely. Treme I, did I say tremendous? But yes, I'm a fan. Of his huge, massive. 
balls nonetheless. <coughs> How yes. about this? Has Staley moved into top two? We've been talking top five. Staley already top five somewhere. It's three weeks. Are we ready to put him in number one yet? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So uh, talk to me about the red zone offense. How are you feeling about that? Well, it was much more efficient this week than it was the first two weeks. They cut back on the turnovers, which was good. They protected the ball very well. Um, they ran the ball a little bit more in the red zone than they had in recent weeks, which I think helped loosen up the passing game a little bit. Um, I mean, the illegal motions, the illegal shifts have got to stop. I mean, that's just stupid, sloppy mistakes, taking points off the board. Can you block that Adolf I, Hitler Nazi I got guy? It. I got it. Get him I got out of there. It. Yeah. I got it. Thank you. That's um, why I'm trying to get you to talk. I'm just trying to get him out. <laughs> Go ahead. I lost my train of thought. Um, you were talking about the red zone offense. Oh, yeah. It seems like they're cleaning things up. They're trying to get the ball in the hands of their playmakers. They're running the ball a little bit more to keep the, the opposing offense honest. Um, they are... It seems like they're creating more simple reads. Uh, the, the first touchdown pass that Herbert threw today was great. I mean, you watch, he's looking at Steven Anderson in the flat. He pumps to Steven Anderson to pull the linebacker out of the passing lane for Keenan, comes back and throws the ball to Keenan in the middle of the field. Uh, just a total veteran move, manipulating the defense with his eyes, coming back and making the throw, even throwing a pump bake in there. Um I, I think the I think the red zone offense is getting better, and if they can eliminate those two, two or three um, false or illegal shifts, mm -hmm. I feel like this is a totally different feel of a game. I mean, one illegal shift took a touchdown off the board. Another one took a thirty-plus yard gain off the board. Excuse me. <laughs> um, they could have very easily put up forty-plus points in that game. Yeah. Yeah, no, what um I absolutely love the red zone offense in terms of tempo. I think it felt to me like Lombardi absolutely dictated the red zone offensive tempo. They went quick, they pushed the pace, they ran the offense in terms of going quickly. Uh it worked on the second touchdown because they had some confusion up front. The Chiefs did. Eckler was open on uh out of the backfield, and the Chiefs just lost Eckler with no real time to set. He was able to score a touchdown there. And on that last touchdown, to Mike Williams, Williams said in the press conference that it was a run play at that point. And Herbert said, Hey, just look for the Faye route just in case. If you got one on one, I'm going to go to you. And Herbert saw that he was one on one and he went to Herbert. It was basically a jump ball to Mike Williams. I mean, there was, there was nobody there. It was an easy pitch and catch and they got the touchdown. So to me, the thing that I like, well, you know, there was some ugly possessions there in the red zone, especially the second last one. And they kept getting pushed back and forward and back for all that whole thing. But the, the thing that I loved is there was more tempo today. They were definitely trying to dictate the pace in the red zone. There wasn't a lot of sitting back and letting it happen. Like we've seen the first two weeks. Uh, there was definitely a emphasis on going for it. Uh, there was no, there was a lot of no huddle. There was quick snaps and there was no chance for <coughs> the chiefs to really uh, get set and think about what they're doing. And the chargers just went after it. And I, I love that part of the red zone offense today. Yeah, that was the best part of the red zone offense, the tempo. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, yep. When you go in, and it, another scouting point, you know, we talked about the scouting point with being able to punch the ball out with, with Chiefs ball carriers. This seemed like a scouting point, too. The Chiefs defense like to communicate. They like to get on the field, see what's happening, make their changes on the field, and communicate with each other. The Chargers were not allowing that to happen. They were getting lined up quickly, snapping the ball quickly, and just getting the ball out and into a playmaker's hands in space and it worked repeatedly. So getting that tempo going and like you mentioned, dictating the pace instead of just letting the clock bleed down, making adjustments at the line and trying to outthink the defense instead, trying to rush the defense and hurry the defense and make them adjust to you, I think played a huge role in their ability to, uh, to score the points they did in the red zone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of thanks, Thomas. Appreciate it. Uh, there was a lot of talk, and if you guys have questions, we're just kind of burning through it here. Ask whatever you want. But um, well, people were mentioning Jerry Tillery today, who obviously flashed a lot. He had some big plays on the char the Chiefs' last drive before the half, and he added some pressures today. 
was much more uh, in the backfield than we've seen the last two weeks. And uh, much he was he was getting after it today. Yeah, it seemed like they did a better job of running stunts and twists up front and creating rush lanes for people on those stunts and twists, which mm-hmm. I think helped him quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was doing a better job of shedding blockers. I, it seemed like he had a couple of run stops, at least early in the game, where he was getting stood up and he shed, he shed the blocker and made the play. Uh, much more penetration from Tillery. So it's encouraging to see that because they need him to be what they drafted him to be. They don't really have a difference maker on the interior defensive line. So they, they need that from him in a big way. Here we go. Guy next. What are you guys thinking about the running back situation so far? Three weeks in? Um, I think the running backs are secondary or tertiary players in this offense. Yeah. Um, they're there kind of for window dressing. They're there to keep the defense honest. It's they run the ball for effect. They're not they're not looking to run the ball for 150 yards. They're looking to use the run to keep the defense honest and mix things up and set up the play action pass. So I'm not that worried about it. I think they'll probably find matchups later in the season where they can run the ball a little bit more. Uh, I would like to see them if they're going to run the ball, run the ball on the edges of the defense more. It seems like they're trying to run the ball up the middle um, or, you know, in the a gaps uh, on first down more than I would like to see instead of getting Eckler in particular out in space more, uh, which I think they need. So I think we'll see some changes to the running game. Uh, they what did they? I think they started their first two or three possessions this, today with runs again, mm-hmm. and then they started to mix it up. Right. Uh, once they were having a hard time moving the ball. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not worried about the running back situation. I think Eckler's going to produce. They're going to find ways to get him the ball in space as a receiver and as a runner. And they're just looking, like I said, they're just looking to run the ball for effect. They're not looking to rack up huge yards on the ground and i'm not sure they should with herbert back there yeah yeah i mean i think and um staley had talked about it you know not you don't really need to have a great running back to be able to do it and you know obviously it would be nice to have a balanced offense and have your 100 100 yard rusher but what i mean what does it matter you're putting it in herbert's hands anyway if you could do it just enough to put the pressure on the defense run enough just to kind of keep them honest that's all this offense really needs right now it's running through herbert and they don't really need, you know, a Justin Jackson or Roundtree or Eckler, you know, splitting snaps or figuring out who's RB1, RB2, RB3. It doesn't matter at this point. I agree with you there. Um, let's see. How plausible is it the Chargers will trade for an interior lineman, defensive lineman, I'm, I'm assuming? And I think low. Yeah, probably pretty low. I just I don't know that who's going to be available uh, on the trade market, and that's just not in-season trades. just has not been really the MO for – for Tom Telesco, unless he's trading people away. He's not usually looking to add people. Nope. All right. This is a good question here in their prime. Who you got Joey Bosa or Sean Merriman? Oh, Bosa is (laughs) better. Yes. Yes. I agree. All right. Dang it. I was hoping you'd say Merriman. Uh, You think Justin Jones is going to make a difference for the run game when he comes back? No, he's not going to make a difference. This just isn't a good group on the interior of the line. That just isn't. Um, I know there are a lot of Chargers fans out there who are high on Jones for some reason. I just haven't seen a lot from him. I just don't think he's been overly productive. He's had a hard time staying healthy. They just have a bunch of guys on the interior of that defensive line, and that's why they're getting chewed up on the ground so much because they're getting driven back into the linebackers. It's just it's just not a good combination for a team that's looking to dare teams to run the ball, to not be able to stop the thing that you're trying to encourage them to do. It's just not a good combination. Yeah, yeah. Even though they haven't given up a play over 34 yards this season, that run D is still sucks. It stinks. Uh, Edwards Hilaire, 100 yards today. He averaged 5.9 yards per carry today. I mean, they got whatever they wanted, and uh, it's it's not a good group. I guess it could it could improve. I mean, slightly, but I just don't think they take away the run this year. This is just not a good enough group to stop the run. I think. What, what we saw today is what, what the Chargers are going to be all year. If they can limit the big plays and take away some big weapons, they're okay giving up 100 yards on the ground as long as they don't let some of your best players hurt them. Like, you know, they didn't let Tyreek Hill beat them today. Uh, what do you think about Nasir Adderley's physicality? Yeah, he He's real really stood out yeah. the last two weeks in particular. He's making some big hits, going low on big running backs and taking their legs out. He had a couple big hits on Kelsey today. 
he is not playing small or timid like he was last year. He's he's out there looking to blow guys up. He's bringing he's laying the wood for sure, and uh, very impressed. It's not part of his game that I expected to see. So it's nice to see him out there as the last line of defense, making those tackles, physical tackles in the run game, and making big hits on tight ends and wide receivers. Uh, he almost actually forced a third fumble um, on Mahomes, Mahomes. Yep. with a big hit with his shoulder almost popping the ball out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was huge. And good bounce back last two weeks. He was kind of trouble in game one, but was really good these last two weeks against Dallas and now Kansas City. Uh, let's see. Uh, all right. Punt returner. You ready to talk about KJ Hill again? Sure. What? <laughs> <laughs> So what do you think about that uh, returner, the uh, the guy the Chargers uh, signed from the Chiefs? I'm sure somebody have his name in the chat, and I forgot it. It's um, it looks like a mi- uh, it's misspelled. It does. It's a I can't remember his name, but we'll figure it out. I I I don't think they're going to be inclined to take the job away from Hill. That's my guess. He's a recent draft pick. They kept him for a reason. What that reason is, I don't know. Um, he doesn't offer much as a wide receiver. He doesn't offer much as a punt returner. French. That's it. Thank you, yes. Chris. French. Yeah. French. It does look like a typo. Um, <laughs> I, I think they're going to ride it out with Hill for now. I just I don't think they're inclined to do anything to take him off the roster or take reps away from him. How big of an issue is our run defense? Can we live with it and overcompensate with good coaching and prep? I mean, I kind of mentioned it. I think if you can give up 100 yards on the ground to Edwards Hilaire, but take away Tyreek Hill, Charles is going to take that all day. It's and a good what, trade-off. Yeah. That's what they're going to do. They're going to give you the yards on the ground, but then take away all the splash plays. Yep. They possibly can. Yeah, and that's you're more likely to win games that way, in my opinion. As painful it is, as it is to see them run for – six or seven yards a clip. That's the way you want to do it is take away those splash trade five or six yards on the ground for splash plays in the passing game. So uh, a lot of people in the chat talking about Mike Williams, a hell of a game again today, three weeks in a row, a whole different player in this as the X receiver in the Barty system. Uh, He is absolutely the difference maker for Mike Williams. And in this role, and somebody was asking if you think it's because of his contract situation. He's playing for a new contract. Obviously do you think that has anything to do with it? I mean, I'm sure he's extra motivated mm-hmm. playing for a new contract. I just think they're putting him in more advantageous situations. They're not just asking him to run fly patterns down the sideline. They're creating one-on-one matchups for him. They're giving him the ball in space, giving him an opportunity to make plays with his legs He's catching the ball more consistently because he's not having to make those jump catches on every every rep that he gets. Uh, they're just they're doing a better job of scheming to his strengths instead of just asking him to be one thing all the time. Um, in terms of his contract extension, I mean, t- the top receivers in the league are making sixteen to twenty million dollars a year, um, and he's already he's already making almost sixteen. So you're probably looking at him making. 18, 19 a year. And they're already paying Keenan, I think 16 or 17, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. So I, I'm not sure that it makes sense to pay two wide receivers that much money. Um, I, I would be surprised if they pay, if they pay Mike that kind of money based on one big year out of five, just a hunch. Yeah. And I knew we were eventually going to get to this. Chargers need a new kicker already. This Kano missed two extra points, made his one field goal of the day. I mean, can we just get rid of kickers in general? Like, I don't even want to. Let's just go for two. Let's just go for two. Uh, Go for two on the touchdowns and go for fourth down. Anything fourth and five or shorter inside the 50. They're like the sheep of the farm. They're dumb farm animals. You don't need them. (laughs) They're useless. I don't want them. So I a new kicker maybe I don't I don't care I don't like them any of them the good ones no. the bad ones I don't like any of them I don't even like talking about them why are we <laughs> talking about this again uh, oh boy all right um oh man <laughs> uh, oh 
Oh, somebody mentioned in the chat. I missed it. It was uh, a while ago, but um, somebody was talking about Andy Reed. I guess he ended up not feeling good today and was taken away in an ambulance and taken to the hospital right after the game. So hopefully he's all right. Cause he's a real good dude. I I'm rooting for him, but um, it just, that sounds terrible. He's feeling ill. He said, and he had to take a ambulance right to the hospital after the game. So hmm. that's scary. Yeah. Especially good vibes. For, yeah. Good vibes for a guy in his physical condition. When you're not feeling well and you have to take an ambulance, that's always really scary. Let's see. Uh, whoops. I don't know what that was. Oh, Tucker from 66. Do you care about that? I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't care unless he's kicking it for the Chargers. It was a game winner too. No, that was that was impressive. But yeah, man, they're basically llamas. I agree <laughs> with you. That's that's it. Go for two. Um, yeah. Let's see. Oh man, we're talking about trades for kickers. I don't think they're so. not trading for Tucker. Why would the Ravens <laughs> trade Tucker? Come on. <laughs> Why would the Ravens trade Tucker? Why would you trade a first round pick for a kicker? Come on. I know we're all drinking here and we're having fun, but come on. <laughs> hey man, this is a safe space, Jamie. You can ask whatever question you want. Not for Nick though. <laughs> oh God. Uh, okay. This is a good question. What was your favorite play of the day, Jamie? Hmm. I think it was in the fourth quarter. Um, it was a pass to Mike Williams. I think it was like a 40 plus yard gain where they ran an RPO and um, Herbert rolled out to the left and Mike ran up the seam and they just let him go. And he made that big catch. There were a couple really fun plays they called. Yeah. Yeah. Offensively. That play to get Mike Williams open on the deep touchdown pass was awesome. I can't wait to watch the all 22 on that where they look like they ran a crosser underneath and they bit and it left Mike Williams open over the top. But I think I, the most excited I got during the game was the Aloha Gilman interception. I know the touchdown to Mike Williams was great, but they were driving and maybe it's, I just expect Justin Herbert to score points. I just knew he was going to score there. So that's exciting, but that Aloha Gilman interception on that uh, throw from Patrick Mahomes was probably one of my favorite of the day. Actually, you know what? <clears throat> I take it back. My favorite was <clears throat> was Samuel's pick. Yeah, that was just that was because of the way it flipped the momentum of the game early in the game and all the ground he had to cover to come up with that catch. That was that was definitely the play of the day. That just kind of set the tone for the whole game. And you talk about defining moments for teams early in a season, um, an opportunity to kind of establish an identity and decide who you're going to be. Uh, they they had a couple. One was going for it on fourth and four right before the half where they had the play call back mm-hmm. because of the illegal shift. Yeah, That was a huge, bold call, knowing full well they didn't want to give the ball back to, to Mahomes with, what was it, two minutes, three minutes left in the, in the second and the first half. They didn't want to give them the ball back, so they ran a great play, called a great play. Everything worked, but they got busted for the, the illegal shift. And then the fourth and four in the fourth quarter, and again the fourth and nine on the next play, um, just really you know, putting themselves out there to win the game, not playing for a field goal, not playing to tie, not giving the Chiefs a chance to come back. Um, you know, Staley established himself as somebody who is going to be bold, who is going to take those chances, and that's something that I think the team will rally around. And it's not like, you know, Anthony Lynn flexing on the sideline one time on fourth and four or, or fourth and goal against Denver where they're trying to run the ball in and he's trying to force them to do something they can't do. This is yeah. playing the numbers, playing the odds, and taking that shot you need to take to win the game and and control the clock. And they did it twice, once before the end of each half. And those are the kind of things that define your team. They could have folded. They could have folded after they oh. didn't get that fourth down yeah. in the second half. They could have folded after they had the touchdown call back for the illegal shift in the fourth quarter. Yep. Um, but they just kept coming. And that's not a trait that we're accustomed to with the Chargers is that that fight to the end, just keep coming. They would normally fold because their coaching staff would fold, and this coaching staff isn't going to fold. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So when they, t- I mean, even towards the end of the game, I mean, they tied the game and gave the Chiefs a chance to win the game. And it was the same script last week. And they couldn't stop the Cowboys and they were able to get a, a, a field goal late. But they didn't let them beat them this week, and they got a turnover, and we're able to drive. Um, I want to get so yeah. I mean, this is the way, and we talked about it in week one, and now again in week three. There are things in which this team will overcome and win, coached by Brandon Staley, that they just wouldn't do under McCoy and wouldn't do under Lynn. This is uh, teams that will lose heartbreaking games week after week after week, and this feels completely different. Um, having that, that loss last week doesn't feel good, but a lot of things went wrong and they ended up getting beat. But this time they didn't let any of those bad things that happened, having another touchdown wiped off the board with an illegal shift is backbreaking, heartbreaking. They had everything going and they scored a touchdown and then they get an illegal shift again, which is a problem that Stanley has to button up. And this is like the last week this could happen. It's two weeks in a row that this is going on, but Regardless, they didn't let it beat them, and they went out and they won that game on the road against the arguably the best team in the NFL, at least the best team in the AFC. So let's talk about Joe Lombardi. People are criticizing him and his play calling. We <coughs> talked about we talked about the red zone offense and how he was dictating the pace. How did you feel as a whole of him scripting this game this week? Um, I thought the script for the first. 15 to 20 plays was not great running the ball too much on first down um, throwing the ball behind the sticks for most of the first quarter. Terrible, terrible. They just were not, they weren't taking chances. They weren't doing, they weren't playing their brand of football, which is what got them to one and one and put them in a position to be two and zero. had they not made so many mistakes last week. So mm-hmm. I didn't really care for the early game plan, but it seemed like things started to open up after the second turnover in the first quarter, it just seemed like they started realizing they needed to take some chances and push the ball down the field. And as soon as they started throwing the ball past the line of scrimmage, past the first down markers, they started moving the ball. They started getting into a rhythm and they started forcing the ball down the field and scoring points. And that's what they need. So I think the game plan got better as it went. uh, And it was great at the end. I mean, they had the chiefs, you know, you mentioned the, the red zone tempo. They had the Chiefs completely out of whack in the red zone. They had them on their heels in the fourth quarter as they went up and down the field to to match them score for score late in the game. Um, <coughs> I don't think the game plan is perfect, but I think you can see strong elements in the game plan in all three weeks. They just have to avoid these slow starts um, where they're running the ball on first down and they're constantly behind the chains and throwing the ball behind the chains. Um they have to avoid that. But if they can avoid that and they can let Herbert be Herbert and make those throws, they're going to be in great shape. And I think Lombardi, I mean, look at what he's done for Mike Williams. Uh, mm-hmm. Keenan's been productive. Jared Cook has been productive. Uh, Eckler has been productive the last two weeks. They're trying to get Guyton involved. We haven't really seen as much of Josh Palmer as we thought we would, but I'm sure that will come. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure there's still more Parham coming. Yep, we got some today. We've seen some sprinkled in. I'm sure there's more coming. I'm a little concerned about Guyton's hands. He's cons- he's just not consistent enough with his hands. That drop in the end zone was it was bad. Uh, it, the throw was a little late. He, Herbert saw him late because he was trying to go somewhere else, but he needs to come down with that. That was that's a bad play. He was involved in the illegal shift last week. Last week it happened again this week. 
uh, he's just sloppy and he doesn't seem like he's very detail oriented. So something's going to have to happen there because he's causing, he's costing them points and he's not making enough plays to overcome the points that he's costing them. He also had the uh, illegal man downfield on a big screen pass to Keenan last week that cost them like a 30 yard play. So he's taking points off the board. He's taking big gains off the board. Uh, they got to clean that up. But I think the game plan as a whole, the way they're getting everybody involved in their balance has been very good. I like the way they're spreading the ball around. I like the shots they're taking in the intermediate and deep passing game. Um, once they get out of those those slow starts, they're going to be in good shape. Yeah, and we mentioned it on our podcast uh, last week that you know even though they didn't put up a ton of points against Dallas, the offense was pretty electric. They just got a lot of points washed off the board. They got a lot of big plays taken off the field. So even though they didn't win last week, I don't I don't have a ton of complaints about Lombardi. Uh, we had talked about last week about how every time they had a new possession, they ran the ball except one other time when it was a dump off to Eckler. So Eckler got the ball, I think it was seven out of seven times last week. And then early on today, it was the same thing. Their first drive, it was a run, didn't get much, much yards, and then you're backed up to second and seven and eight. So um, – he fixed that later on in the game. And I, I just think the the way in which they knew that the Chiefs red zone defense was bad. And they knew that they had a leg up there one-on-one matched up. But if you can get yourself another leg up by rushing the tempo and not letting them get set and making them just play on the fly, I mean, that's I mean, that's how you beat good teams. You ju- I mean, they just outplayed their red zone defense and, and Lombardi was a big part of that. So I don't, I don't have any much complaints. I think a lot of people are complaining about it. He's not perfect. I'm not going to go out and say he's, you know, he deserves a head coaching job after this season already, but you know, I think for the most part, he's been, he's got a lot more good than bad. I think this, uh, this offense has looked pretty good. If you look at how good Herbert's been, Lombardi has a big part of that. So let's go on to a next question here. What do you think about the end of the game? Uh, you know, there was, time left for Mahomes to still play. There was talk about him kneeling the ball, but like I mentioned earlier, the play in the huddle was to run the ball late to kind of eat some more clock. But Herbert decided, Hey, I got Mike Williams on an Island on the outside. So I'm going to him. So that isn't all on Lombardi or the coaching staff. That's Herbert taking the matchup, seeing the mismatch, the mismatch and going after it. So I, to me, if you can take seven, I know you don't like to give the ball back to Mahomes, but, did enough to get the points and trust your defense after that. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of um, like vile productions is saying, you know, kneeling on the ball and, and kicking a field goal. I just think there's too much that can go wrong with a field goal attempt. And if anybody should know that it's a chargers fan, <laughs> you can't count on a field goal, bad snap, fumbled snap, miss kick block kick. Um, they're having all kinds of protection issues on their field goal oppor- on their field goals right now. That, that blocking is not good. And Vizcaino already looks like a head case three games in. So I would not want to lean on that. I think you have to put put a touchdown on the board. You have to make them drive the length of the field and score a touchdown to, to tie or beat you. You just have to. So I'm fine with the game management. You know, like Garrett mentioned, they were planning on running it and um, Herbert audibled out of it and threw the ball to Mike and it worked and it got them the win. So I have no problems with the game management. I think uh, there have been a couple instances where Staley could have panicked and called timeouts in the last couple games and didn't and just let the clock run. Um, It almost worked in his favor against Dallas uh, before their final field goal last week. It just didn't quite work out, but I I think he's managing the clock fine and they're making smart decisions. So I've got no problem with it. All right. I I just want to get you riled up here on a Sunday night. How about paying wider free agent wide receivers, Jamie? You don't want to pay 16 plus million, but what about Devontae Adams? He'd be pretty nice. You got the two best route runners in the NFL, Keenan Allen, Devontae Adams, side by side. We do not pay free agent <laughs> wide receivers. No, no, no. No. Did I say no? No. Uh, oh, boy. I need a oh, drink. I got. <laughs> I, this is maybe my favorite after hour so far. I'm, I just, <laughs> I'm getting nostalgic just talking about that game already. Can you be nostalgic just hours after a thing? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Instant classic. Yeah. Sure. Okay. All right. Um, somebody asked and I, I'm past that already. Um, 
Is this, did you like this win today more than that um, two point conversion, Mike will in K in KC a year or two ago, which win did you like better? I mean, that one was bigger because it, there was a playoff spot on the line. So that the emotion of the big comeback and making those plays to win that game to me, that was a much bigger win. Um, and at the time we thought it was kind of cementing them as a threat for years to come. So that's a much bigger win in the grand scheme of things. So I think that just the way that whole game played out was much more, much more exciting, even though this was a really fun win. I'm a prisoner of the moment and I am imagining this being the beginning of the Herbert and Mahomes rivalry and they go into KC and beat them. And this is what we're going to see for the next decade of Mahomes versus Herbert going toe to toe. I, there's something I love about that. Not, you know, Herbert was, or Rivers was kind of at the end of his career then. So, you know, now we're talking about a fresh new blood in this organization. I don't know. I, I enjoyed this too. Uh, let's see. You got a prediction for next week. It's going to be Monday night against the Raiders, the three and Raiders. I, I don't think the Raiders have really beaten anybody. That's all that good. I think the teams they've, they've played are are still working some things out and the later, the Raiders had some luck. So I'm going to say, I think the Chargers win that game just because I think they're a better team and I think they're a better coach than the Raiders are. Okay. How about you? Um, You're not answering any of these questions. Oh, You're just putting me on the spot. What do you mean? I'm 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 answering these questions too. Okay. I also well, have to be moderator, producer, podcaster. I'm doing it all. <laughs> oh, Drinker. I have so much on my plate. Drinker. <laughs> <laughs> Alcoholic. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I think the Chargers win that game in Monday night. I just, you know. There's something about the Raiders win. I just feel like the Raiders and Broncos, even though they're both undefeated, are mirages at this point. I just, I mean, I don't trust anything Gruden does or says uh, in terms of the franchise or coaching. I just, I think this is where the Chargers break this open. They beat the Raiders and then the Raiders, you know, ultimately start to fall off. I just don't think that team's very good and they're overachieving right now against some pretty bad teams. So, you know, I'm, I got the Chargers winning. You got a score. I'm going to say 30-24, Chargers. Gee, where'd you get that number from? Um, Did you just say that? Huh? Did you just say that? I, it was the same score to, that they had today. I was just giving oh, a shit about Oh, okay. It's <laughs> like, if I've been drinking that much, you gave a score prediction and I missed it? No, I, 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 same I was mocking your score because it's the same score they had right, today. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say... 34, 20, 34, 24. All right. Uh, Chargers. Yep. I said okay. they'd win. So yeah. Good. Okay. Just make, just double checking. Sam, would you be worried if Joe Lombardi got a head coaching job, given that it'll be Herbert's third offensive coordinator in three years, not likely to happen, but still, would you be worried? I wouldn't be too worried. I, I like what Lombardi's doing so far, but I think I, I fully trust Staley to do his thing. And I believe everything <laughs> I believe in Staley. I think we should build statues of Staley. I think he's a top <laughs> five head coach for the chargers of all time. Number one, somewhere, baby. Number one, somewhere between Norv and shoddy. I don't think we've moved up to number one yet. I don't want to <laughs> give him that. I'll let him earn that with a playoff win or two here, but um, maybe even a super bowl. Who knows? Uh, but no, I would, I wouldn't be worried. It's not great. I mean, you don't like a changeover. I don't, I don't think that happens at all, but, uh, I, I'm not worried. I wouldn't be worried and I wouldn't be worried because if you read about how the schemes are put together and how this team, how the coaches coach this team, um, I, I think everything is very collaborative and I think Brandon Staley has his hands in literally everything. So while Lombardi might be calling the plays, I think Staley is heavily involved in the game planning. I think he's been heavily involved in designing the system around Herbert and as a former quarterback himself, I think he's got a good handle on what Herbert, Herbert likes and doesn't like. And just based on you know the meetings they're having, asking Herbert what he wants to run and what he doesn't want to run, and and things like that, I just I I don't think losing Lombardi would be backbreaking. I'm not even sure it would be a huge loss because I think Staley would just find somebody else to take his job, and the system would stay the same. It's not like they'd be changing systems. They'd bring in somebody to run what they're already running. Yeah. 
Yeah. Is this right? The Raiders teams that they beat 0-9? Didn't they beat the Ravens? The Ravens beat the Chiefs. Am I wrong on that? So they're 1-8. and eight. They did beat the Ravens. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, but the Broncos are definitely 0-9 for the teams they've beat. All right. Let's see. Way too early draft needs. Interior defensive line. That's easy. Interior defensive line. Edge. Kicker. <laughs> Are we back there again? Yeah. Do we have to go there? Right uh, tackle. Yep. Right tackle for sure. Yep. Those are the needs. Yeah. Maybe, uh, man, they took just took running backs in the last two drafts. I was going to say maybe a running back, a bigger oh, no. back, but oh, no. you don't want to go there. Um, wide receiver, possibly, if Mike walks. I don't know how safe you feel with Allen, Guyton, and Hill and uh, and Palmer. Palmer right now. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. All right. All right, guys. Go ahead and give us your questions. We're getting close to wrapping up here. Thanks for joining us. Everybody's been a lot of fun. Anyone notice if Rump did anything with his boss snaps? I think I he said. I think he meant to say Bosa snaps. Bosa um, snaps. I, I saw like boss snaps. I like boss snaps better and I'm going to use it. I saw a couple tackles around the the line of scrimmage in the run game. I saw a couple of decent um, bull rushes for him where he helped collapse the pocket. Uh, seemed like he was getting a little bit of pressure here and there. So nothing that really stood out, but he certainly, he flashed a couple times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think he flashed a little bit, but no, there wasn't a ton of rump for me that I saw. Uh, let's see. Should we try to get Jamie Collins says Manny Romero? Uh, I say an absolute emphatic. No, he looks absolutely washed. He does not look good at all anymore. This is it. He's, he's retiring at the end of this year. He does not look good. Yeah. He does not look good. And again, the front, the defensive front isn't good enough to really help him be that effective. So I think that'd be a waste, a waste of a trade. Yeah. And uh, someone mentioned tight end. Yes, that's a draft need as well with Jared Cook being a free agent. Sure. Uh, let's see. Sam, thanks for being here. Is your PayPal beer fund still up? It is. Are you starting a Patreon soon? The answer is yes. We are. Very, very soon. We're going to be doing Patreon. We're going to be doing our own videos for you guys. And we got that boss like the boss snaps earlier we got the boss new logo we're gonna be doing some merch here soon too so look out for all that that's coming real real soon what is the best unit of the team so far uh I'd say secondary and i was gonna say away. the offense oh, okay as a whole i mean they're moving the ball at will yeah maybe okay. the wide receiver core if you want to narrow it down Okay. I I would just say Herbert, but yeah, I hear you. Yeah, the quarterbacks, uh, that works. Uh, -huh. uh I'll see it when I believe it t-shirts. That was Mahomes quote. Yeah. Yes. I think what he said is um I'll believe it when I see it or something or he No, he said I'll, I'll see it when I believe it, but he right. meant to say I'll believe it when believe I see it. When I see it. Right, right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Uh is Asante Samuel Jr. a defensive rookie of the year candidate? I'm sure he's in the running. I mean, we're three weeks in. Anything could happen, but yeah, he's certainly standing out. Yep. Uh, we're gonna be selling T-shirts. Uh, I think so. <laughs> uh, you think McKitty is the single worst pick, regardless of draft position, ever in the history of the draft? Uh, no. I mean, not in Chargers history. Certainly not in Chargers be, history. You might not be old enough to remember Ryan Leaf, but. Um, and uh, there were a lot of a lot of bad draft picks. Michael oh, Ricks, Ryan boy. Leaf, Brian Still, um, Larry yeah. English. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so Duckworth, Bob, not Antoine Kason. Close, buddy. Not even close. But yeah, it's it's troublesome that your third round pick is a healthy scratch. Much like um, he's already gone out of my mind. Did you see this? The Tackles running back. Up. Tackles aren't placed. T-shirts would be lit. Hold on a second. I will get to that. Joshua Kelly. Thank you. I already lost. Oh, him. you already forgot his yeah, name. I already <laughs> forgot his name. He's been <laughs> inactive for three weeks, and I already forgot. Uh, let's see. 
What? Who was that kid that they drafted? Uh, Jermaine Fizandi. They drafted out of Ohio or uh, Oklahoma State uh, years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tackles aren't plays. Yes. Yes, that is absolutely a thing we do here on the podcast. Uh, let's see. Most underrated Chargers so far this season, Jamie. Most underrated. Yeah. Um. I'll go with Odeyabushi just because the offensive line is playing really well and nobody's really talking about him. Yeah. Oh, man. Fluker, Craig Mager, Trey Pipkins, Ryan, uh, let's see, Larry English, Fluker, Buster, Buster Davis. Boy, oh. Nothing man. like drafting a guard and asking him to play tackle. Let me tell you, man. Yeah. If you thought Trey McKitty was bad, boy, do we have a list for you, my friend. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, we forgot <laughs> Craig the Hammer Mager. Yes, we did. The Hammer. The Hammer. You could throw Denzel Perriman in that group too. I was just gonna say, Denzel Perriman can be part of that group. Yeah. Uh, most underrated. Let's see. Yeah, I think the offensive line is definitely going underrated. I think Filer and Abuji have been pretty solid. I think Filer had, I think it's the first week or second week, not a great game, but. Yeah, I think Abuji's been really flying under the radar. I think to an extent, Rayshon Slater's been flying under the radar a little bit just K- because kickers are llama shirts. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> now you guys are doing branding for us. Let's go. I love it. We're gonna have to have like a bunch of them with our quotes in here. Um, but what was I saying? Oh, so offensive line. I think to an extent, Rayshon Slater's been kind of going under the radar just because he hasn't been really giving up a lot of pressures and hasn't given up a lot of sacks and nobody's really talking about him so much. They did week one, but you know, he's just kind of flying on the radar and everybody's like, how's Rayshon doing? And he's, he's been great. He's still been really steady and nobody's really talking about it. And I know, you know, there's a lot of going on in that offense and offensive line usually don't get any love, but I'd say Rayshon Slater's kind of go on the radar a little bit just because now Asante Samuel's taken over the rookie class with his big plays the last couple of weeks. And I'm trying to think if there's anybody else um, defensively. but I mean, a lot of people are mentioning Aloha Gilman just because of how well he's playing. Sure. I mean, he was he was great. He was great today. I'm telling you, that was, that was one of my favorite plays today, was that Aloha Gilman interception. Uh, let's see. Is Justin Herbert already playing better than Rivers in his prime? <laughs> we ready to make that claim yet, Jamie? Uh, I don't know. Rivers was pretty good there for a long time with some bad, oh, bad yeah. teams. Uh, I, I don't know that I'm ready to go there yet, but he's I'm clearly special. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. I think, I think we're all good. If anybody else has any other questions, feel free to send them in. Um, we might be able to, we might be able to do a little something here, uh, take another question or two, but Hey, we appreciate you guys uh, joining us here. We're going to do this after every game. We'll see you after the Raider game and from every other game here on out. Feel free to subscribe to the YouTube channel because you'll just get notification, get right on. Uh, we'll let you know about the uh, times and all that because those will kind of be fluid and we'll figure out uh, when we'll be doing it each game. But uh, we'll let you guys know. And um, I think that's it. Man, a lot of people here today and this was awesome. A lot of good vibes today. This is yeah. amazing. A lot of fun. Really enjoying these live shows. Yes. Uh, Jason, good to have you guys fellows back on a regular basis. Two times a week, baby. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Last one. Are the Chargers making the playoffs? Um, yeah, I think they'll make the playoffs. You? Ooh. Do you think they make – I think they make the playoffs with the second uh, – the wild card spot. I think I they'll think, be – I think they'll wind up winning a wild card. I don't think they'll win the division. But I think yeah, they won the wild card. Win a wild card. You think it's still Chiefs? I think the Chiefs will figure figure their shit out and probably wind up winning the division. I don't think either the Cowboys or the Raiders the Cowboys, either the Broncos or the Raiders are that good. No, I yeah, I, mean, I think they're things will catch up with both those teams. Like Gus Bradley will catch up with the Raiders. It's just a matter of time. Oh boy. Yeah, that's gonna happen. All right. Everybody asking for the beer fund, it's there in the chat. Appreciate you guys. Love y'all. Master 03 TGC. Payway.
Live show is so much fun. Yes, let's go. All right, guys. Appreciate everybody. Thanks for joining us. As you see, I'm at Garrett60. Jamie's at Lightning underscore round. Check out the Lightning Round podcast, which will come out on Wednesday. We're going to just get into this more because this was beautiful. Appreciate you guys. This was awesome. Thank you, everybody, for being here with us. And one more, one last time, shut up, Nick. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's not even here. <laughs>